Welcome back, students of the dojo. Grab your running shoes because we're back on that book treadmill for 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons. This week, we're taking a look at Fizzband's Treasury of Dragons, the newest book for 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your Dungeon Masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. <sighs> I had to run to the store, get the new book. <laughs> I'm surprised an ambulance didn't pick you up. <laughs> oh, I am too. <laughs> Three or four Uber drivers. Dude, just get it. I can't watch you die. <laughs> and you laugh. One really did pull up. <laughs> He's got pit stains down to his ankles. <laughs> I'm going to use Bill's shower after this. No, you're not. I'm hosing you in the backyard. <laughs> so, new book. New yeah. book. You're making, that, you're making that face, Lou. That's because I'm torn. You're torn. Yes. It, I don't know if I like the book or if I hate the book or if I really love the book. That sounds torn. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I don't know. I, I, um, Scott doesn't look torn. He looks slightly ripped. Eh, you know, <laughs> that's just the creases in his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my God. I almost choked on my drink. <laughs> I think one of my one of my the biggest sticking points for this book for me is and I've been laying in bed at night staring at the ceiling asking this question over and over and over in my head and it is why would Behemoth select his avatar to look like Jonathan Taylor Thomas from Home Improvement? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would kind of. Yeah. I mean, if if I was like the great platinum dragon, I'd be looking at like Sam Elliott, Liam Nielsen, Liam Nielsen. I don't know who you are or what you want. I have a specific set of spells, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's what page is he? Have? Page forty three. Oh, is that the? Oh, you're looking at the young one. Oh, okay. yeah, Jonathan but, Taylor Thomas, not the old one. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this book. I mean, it's got some decent dragon stuff in it, which I which I like, but. And I enjoy their take on the dragons. Think- My biggest area of disappointment is and Bill and I were Bill and I were talking about this on our ride to go pick up Lou's dinner because that's just how shit happens here. Yeah, we don't we don't good. have interns, so yeah, he sent so, us out. Yeah. It's um <laughs> How was I, your dinner, Lou? It was good, thank you. I keep you. telling him I'm like, we're like we're the talent, we're the stars of the show. I mean, why are we getting you your dinner? And then he's like demanding I come out, step outside. And I'm like, I'm going to get you your dinner. Okay. The bill paid for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not even, not even that Lou paid for, but Bill. Yeah. I, I Pay the man, Bill. Pay the man. But, but Lou, just pay him. <laughs> the absence of kobolds. I'm, I find irksome. I, I do find it irksome as well, since I'm, I'm probably going to be playing a kobold in the very near future. Oh, not Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Not probably. Bill is going to be play- after we reviewed Unearthed Arcana, which we knew was going to show up in a book, just not this quick. Bill's like, I really like it. And I'm like, I really like it too. So he's like, I'm going to be a kobold. So I said, I'll build you one. And I sort of kind of built him one. And then yep. he finished. 
Yeah, you gave me a skeleton, I fleshed it out. And uh, as well as a bunch of other characters. There's no kobolds in this I was, Yeah, you know, I was pumped. I'm like, okay, Fizban's Treasury of Dragons. First of all, Fizban is from Dragonlance, and I loved Dragonlance. Second of all, I was expecting the new take on kobolds to show up in here, and I saw very little of Kryn or Dragonlance in here. I mean, there's some. There's little smatterings here and there, and no, um, no kobolds, so... WTF. I think that was to because Wizards of the Coast wanted to fix their original mistake with the Dragonborn. Because eh. the Dragonborn eh. were exactly what you just said. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. So they know they have a good thing going with the Cobalts, which I think will be in the second book. Eh. Yeah. I hope so. I know so. Um <clears throat> so a little disappointed on those. You know, I was thinking maybe we're gonna maybe we're gonna touch upon Kryn a little bit. And I don't know why they're not doing it. I know that they had no issues in the past with putting out campaign settings left and right. And it was like your pick of where you wanted to adventure. And I always liked that. Well, maybe that's just it. They need to go back, revisit the ones they did, make sure they do it correctly. They seem to be on a decent, I mean, they have like, they're batting better than 500 on a lot of these books. As far as the material, there's some stuff that's, you know, I, I'm not thrilled with, but yeah. Overall, it's been okay. Actually, because I guess what I wanted in this book, for, it's not for players, really, I don't think. No. And so as a player, I was like, oh, a new book that's going to have all the stuff that we've been getting in the last few books. And I was like, oh, it's not here. This is more yeah. of a, a DM's book. It, it is. But to that point, nowhere did I see anywhere other than everyone's wishes and hopes that it was going to be you know, targeted to the players anyway. Right. So I I didn't have those um, those aspirations of yay as a player I'm gonna have a whole book full of stuff I can use. I went all right. There's a new book. Let's see what's in it. Yeah, so, I I do think that um, there's some really useful information for a a beginner GM in here, particularly with you know how to how to run dragons, how to introduce dragons, how to introduce dragons, which which can be really kind of a daunting thing for a new GM. I never had a problem with that, like coming up and DMing because I was fed a steady diet of Tolkien and some of the uh, fantastic '80s movies that probably didn't age very well. But there was well at the time during your formative years. Yeah, Dragon Slayer was yeah. a fantastic movie for, you know, dragons. And so was, um, or the book, The Dragon Riders of Pern by Anne McCaffrey. I yep. love that series. That was, that was a fantastic series that was like science fantasy more than fantasy. But yep. still, the um, the dragons were, were there. Plus, there's then, of course, Weiss and Hickman come along and yep. they their whole... A uh, series of Dragonlance books uh, were were phenomenal. I mean, for a young me, I was even though I wasn't really that young, I was in my later teens, but I devoured those. But what do what do the kids have today? I mean, I don't know. I don't think there's much out there. There's there's not. Granted, I'm not really in 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 touch, but I don't think there's anything yet. Not in the last couple five six years that I can remember of anyway. Yeah, nothing immediately comes to mind. So yeah, you're right. Um, and of course, we had Council of Worms, which which that did, was, had a lot of that like, was dragon lore, yep. Um, yep. and that was probably the 
the biggest uh, role play aid if you wanted uh, a, a dragon campaign or even have dragons in your campaign. Um, it was phenomenal. Up to that point, they're basically just giant lizards that flew over your town and burned everything. Yeah, yeah. which, which um, you know, which served its purpose. You know, they were magical. They they could speak. They were very Tolkien-like. Yes, very Tolkien-esque. Yeah. So here we have Fizban's Treasury of Dragons. Um, a little disappointed in some areas, but you know, overall, my my take on it, it was a pretty pretty good book. It, I, it's an okay book. Um, looking at it from the player side, you got to realize you don't get much. You get two subclasses. True. You get three feats. You get five gifts, five or six gifts. You yeah. get seven spells, and I think it's 12 magic items. And, and you the, should be happy to get them. And the, sub, the new diff, uh, three different uh, sub-races of um, Dragonborn. Yeah. Yeah. Your gems. So that's, I mean, that's. That's okay. It's a it's it's a a decent chunk for um for a player. Um, I I don't know if this is true or not, but it does seem like Wizards of the Coast is trying to foster new GMs. Yes, there does seem to be a GM shortage. I don't know if there's like shipping containers full of game masters on the deck of some ship that is yet to be unloaded, but. Quite possibly. Um, there is there is a shortage and uh sadly there's just there's more players than there are DMs. And that's all that's always been the that's case. That's always always been the case. Um we've been spoiled. Very much so. Yep. Um because we have a a a roster of GMs um at in our gaming group. Some veterans. Well, well we're spoiled we have a gaming group. Well, that too. I hear a sizable lot. Game. I hear yeah. a lot of. Well, it's me and like two or three others, or, or my you know, kids, or yeah. my me and my brother and the guy from the street. You know, I hear a lot of this two, three, four people or three, four people groups, and I'm like, uh, oh, that's that's it. And I, even on social media, like Facebook, I uh, I think it's the D and D five E beginners group. There's always people looking for groups. Yes. Everywhere, yeah. you know, it's like every other post. Hey, has anybody got a group going? Or the one that's in um, uh, or northeast of Boston, I think it is, mm-hmm. a face group that they're always asking. Anybody got any open groups? And that's all you see. You know, people either a DM looking for players, which I find hard to believe sometimes. Yeah. Or players looking for an open spot. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's one of those uh, double edged swords because we have this luxury of now there's this renaissance this D renaissance and it's getting a lot of traction and it's become mainstream and it's sexy now because you have these rock stars like mercer and his group um and the acquisitions incorporated well you have uh, actu- actual stars you know you yeah, have van yeah. diesel and uh, satine and phoenix satine phoenix and matthew lillard yep. um, joe manganello uh stephen colbert uh, all these um jason momoa i mean just a lot of them now jason there. momoa plays D. yeah i thought I, you know, when bill said his name i was like i thought i saw somewhere yeah he that plays D. that he, he's he played D. really yeah i like him even more now yeah Good for you, Jason Momoa. So, I mean, it, there's a 
I mean, there's there's star power behind it now. Yeah, it, and um, and there's I don't want to sound misogynistic, but there's like these there's there's pretty girls playing D and D. It's not like this weird kind of neck beard only uh, group. You know, now you're getting like females, which were hard to come by back in the old days. You didn't see a lot of females playing the game. You didn't. You did not. It was. Uh, it's no longer a monochromatic. Uh, um, fan base. Uh, there's a lot of different. There's a lot of diversity in it. There's incredible diversity <clears throat> compared yeah. to where it started. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so that's. I mean that's great, but with the demand, there comes a shortage, and people that are are uh, comfortable with running the game. So I think books like this kind of help a little bit. It takes a lot of the. Well, how do I? Yes. Out of it. Yeah, it does. Um, which is important. Playing is, I don't want to say it's 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 easy, but it, it is less burdensome than running a game. It's easier to get in as a player than it is the game master by it is. by fits and starts uh, by a lot. And you're right. And these the way they're setting these books up too is they're doing a fairly good job of doing them chronological where you start off at your low levels and you work to your higher levels in the back. You start off with the lower level monsters and, and creatures and, and abilities and stats. And, and as you work your way back into the book, they become more intense and more powerful. And that's good because you don't have to scan through the whole book. You can just start in the front, pre-read a couple chapters, and in the beginning of each chapter, it tells you how to start off first, second, third level, and then becomes very uh, linear from that point on. So it's easier to follow as well. That is that is true. I mean, the the more and more they put out books, the better organized they become. Um, and I think that's that's a big help too. With with this book, um, it's a good it's a good DM tool. You get a little bit for the players, which I think is nice. I don't think you should leave the players out of any book. No, you shouldn't. But I don't know as a player, would you pay fifty dollars for the book as a player? I wouldn't pay $50 for the book as a GM. Um, and I I understand where the cost comes from because the layout's beautiful, the artwork's the artwork beautiful. Is phenomenal. I tell you, the artwork um, in the book is probably one of the best I've seen yet. And, and not just because I'm enamored by dragons. And I think he, on page 43, it looks more like Justin Bieber than he does anybody <laughs> else. But um, that's just me. I'd go with Jonathan Taylor Thomas for my avatar before I, Justin Bieber. I'm going to have to agree with Scott oh, on this yeah, one. Like yeah, if okay, I was yeah. like an all-powerful dragon, I mean, like, it was like Justin Bieber. I mean, really? Well, it, well it, it's just – I just keep flashing back to the, the barbarian in the skirt. So Yeah. That, I, I, it, the, um, the, only, the only issue I, I have with like – I don't like spending full price on these right. books, um, which is why I shop at Amazon, and I know it's a shitty thing to do because there's – there's still some surviving game shops out there that really, really need. But we don't have any around us. Uh, well, not, we'll say with an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. One way. I there. Yeah. But the the other thing is too. It's it's um. Uh. I'm fairly well established in my job, and yep. I'm fortunate. But not everybody has like fifty bucks in their pocket to to drop on these on these books. I just would like to see them be more cost effective. And I, I get it costs money to do this 
Um, and it's a business. They're there to make yeah. money. And and you get it. But there's ways to get around paying full price. You just got to look for them. That being said, yeah, there's a, there's a lot in this book I really like. I like that they go into the ecology of the dragons. That, Very much so, because that's, yeah. that's an area that really wasn't touched on a whole lot. And they also give you the life cycles of the dragons, where before it was like, all right, young and adult. And maybe you'd hear something about something, you know, yeah, ancient. Like, uh, ancient. Like an ancient. And that, that was great it. great worm. Yeah, but, but it, it that was, was few and far between. But here are all the dragons, they go through their life cycles. That is that is nice. And, and that is nice, because you don't know what, because yeah, you can, all right, I have a fourth level group. All right, throw a wormling at them. That's still a fairly formidable foe if yeah. you wanted to turn into a foe or a friend for that matter, because they still can bestow you gifts. I like the ecology part particularly because um, one of the things that I really enjoyed in Dragon Magazine was there was always an article on the ecology of a certain monster. Yes. And I looked forward to that very much to seeing, okay, what sort of a, um, what sort of monster are they going to dig a little bit into? It wasn't always a big article. It was like a page or a page and a half. But but it showed you that trolls don't just live under bridges. Right, exactly. Um, you put them in a whole lot of different places for a lot of different reasons. And, and under a bridge is just where it hides that particular day because it couldn't get back to its lair before it's sunrise. I love the ecology stuff. Yes, and this one does a really good job of, of bringing forth the ecology of the dragon and its areas. I would have to agree with you. I, I, I would too. But same question to you, Bill. Yes. As a player, would you pay the price for the book? Yes, because I'm one of those that has that disease where you have to have every book. And even as a it's, player, I would still go through things, and I would find things as a player that or some players are studying dragons. They have the lore. The player them the character has that the player himself doesn't right so how else are you going to have the lore that you're supposedly learned on if unless you actually study the lore true okay that's a point i never thought of so as a player you would be able to study the lore of because especially if you want to follow some of these like in here there's the monk and the way the ascended dragon yes. that's a class that's open to everybody well how would you know about you, you the ascended dragon and everything that goes along with it unless you read about dragons and if you do not have the material shy of a couple movies you've seen and 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 three of the the dragon writers of pern that's not exactly a library so if you got this book and went through it as a player you can now speak knowledgeably about the lore right. yep. of the dragon so yeah. Is it still for the players? Maybe not as much as the Game Master, but a crafty player could use this book. Yes. And yep. quite a bit of it. Not you put it that way. Yes, I, I, I agree with that. I still wouldn't buy it as a player, though. As a DM, though, I think this is worth picking up. As a DM, it's very much worth picking up. Uh, it's, it goes through an awful lot. It goes into depth about the different breath weapons and how scalable they are. The, the, the uh, stat blocks in here are fantastically that laid they out. Are, yep. They've done a very, very good job with that. Uh, the magic that goes through and how the magic has gone through. Now, you said there's only a few spells, but it does go into how they cast, why they cast. Yep. Uh, again, uh, the, the ecology and the, the thinking of the dragons. Then you get into, when you get into their echoes. That's pretty, that was cool. That was very, very interesting. And I read that yeah. over a couple times going, I like this. It adds a depth to dragons that I, yes. I think was absent 
before. Yeah, they were very, a red dragon was a red dragon was a red dragon. Give yep. it a different name, but it was still a red dragon. And even here, it still goes through on dragons in play. It tells you how to go through the mannerisms, the bonds, the the secrets and flaws, just like your character. Oh, yeah. They have them as well. So you can have two red dragons that are completely different. Uh, I like how they go through all the different dragons with their layers. Yes, so they do. a map of you know, what they potentially could look like. Right. And it, again, wrapped up in the ecology mm -hmm. where you have your cold dragons up on a spire of a mountain where it's frigid cold and snowing and ice all the time. And your other dragons on the shoreline and others underground. And so, yeah, they did a really good job of laying out the layers and, and how they would set it up. And now, obviously, you don't have to use that exact one. No, you don't. For your new DMs, bam, it's there, laid out for you. But it gives you something to to, to base off of. Yes. And, again, the ecology. Another really good section, I thought, was the reproduction and how dragons. Yes, I, I thought that was cool, too. You know, how, how dragons can pass things on and, and, and you go from one draconic form to the next. So that was really cool, shy of, you know, watching dragons go all giggity on the top of a mountain. Yeah. You don't have to have that. Nope. What I found interesting, though, was horde magic and how it works. The horde magic was really That's something cool. they really didn't implement before. Or I don't even think they really touched on it before too much uh, that I can recall. I don't recall. think so. There was little hints here and there. But now they get... They go right into go depth. Into about depth. The, the horde itself is actually a magical entity. Yes. And and I, I don't even want to say an item. It's an entity. Yeah, because... Almost anything, depending how long it's in that horde. Minimum a year. Yep. Well, depending, because if you slay the dragon, oh, well, it goes yeah, quicker. Then, then it That's goes a much, much yeah, quicker. Yeah, quicker. it goes into that, but, too. You know, but, you we'll, know, we'll go over that in when we break the book down for you guys. But this is just our initial uh, look at the book, I want to say. One one thing that I, I really like about the dragon hordes is that they give you tables on creating yes. a horde. And that is a very useful tool. I think even for an experienced DM, that is something that's really 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 helpful it, it is because like i said i don't think i don't remember it being publicized or not that maybe that's not the right word but broadcasted on how horde magic worked earlier in early editions no they didn't they said it was little hints here and there mm -hmm. it's like well you know things in the dragon horde you know there's magical things in there okay um were they magical when they were put there? But were they now? Were, there's levels know, of now magic. there's levels of magic and how long it sits there and and depending on how old your dragon is yep, is how intense the magic of the horde, which determines the 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 intensity of the magic items that are yep. in the in the horde. And some magic items can become more powerful yep. because they're in the dragon horde. So that that's all really really yeah. cool stuff. Well, they've made them very magical beings. I mean, dragons were always magical as and they should be dragons, yep. but. They're, they they added more depth to the That's magic it. involved with, with, with dragons. It's more than just knowing wizard spells or cleric spells. Yep. It's something like you're in tune with the universal magic. Well, yeah, because dragons are universal. Yeah. Um, Multiversal, if you read multiversal, the book. Multiversal, yeah. yes. Yeah, which is, which is a, a really interesting concept. It elevates yes. them to a, a, a unique uh, level that's not like... Not a spirit or a god or but but something um along along those those yeah. lines. Yep. Revered. Yeah. They're they're worthy yeah, worthy, well, they're, worthy they're of being reverence. So powerful they're almost godlike. Well, actually, well, the first two are the first gods. two are, yes. Yep. But uh from that but gods in gen or uh, dragons in general. Right. Um yeah, and and some when you get into your your ancient 
especially on the good aligned ones, you know, they they are ascended into the the realm of ancient mm-hmm. dragons and gifted their powers by Muhammad. You, know, you don't you don't just get there. You got to be you know be, oh you all right you know Thomas Thomas okay you're good you know come on join the party. Uh, <laughs> Wish not, it was that you're easy. not quite as good as me, but you're better than everyone else. And that's pretty cool. I think the only downside I've seen in, in this book, and it's more probably personal than anything else, I like the gem dragons. I just maybe not in um, in love with their abilities. Okay. And, and that's totally understandable. Um, but I think their abilities are more in line, because they're psionic, more in line than what they used to be. I think they are too, and I, I think it's it's probably balanced a little better than anything I've seen up to this point. Not that I'm liking psionics, but I sounds I, like you're coming around a little bit. Well, I I don't think he's coming around. I think the psionics is evolving to where his stand would be on him. There's there's been some decent evolution. There has psionics. been um, psionics left a really bad taste in my mouth. In case you haven't heard up to this point, <laughs> possibly you know just I, we may have mentioned it once or twice, but uh, I think I, I always liked the idea of mind based magic. I just didn't like the way it was initially right. done. Oh, it was it was way overpowered. It was horribly horribly um, uh, unbalancing. Yes, and I think they're making a concerted effort to balance it out. Now, I think the initial things like, you know, soul blade and stuff like that, there's still some things in there that I think are just overpowered. Um, But that, I mean, we've gone over that already with some of our other episodes. Feel free to listen to some of our previous episodes where you hear how I expound on how much I really hate uh, psionics. Um, But I think they're, uh, they are doing a better job of balancing it out. And I think with the dragons is a good start because the psionics and these dragons are not overpowered. Right. For for dragons, they're not overpowered. Right. Uh, the, what they're doing with the player characters, I think, is still overpowered. Some of them, I will agree. Uh, but I think it's balancing. And I think that it, it hopefully it's because people are saying, hey, you know, this is this is unbalancing my game. Uh, I think you need, you know, to scale it back or, or do something. Instead of giving them two abilities, give them four. But don't make, you know, give them more ver- versatility as opposed to uh, the strength of those two. Yeah, game breaking. Yeah. Some of them can be. Uh, but I, I, I like. I've always liked the idea. To, way, 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 way back when, in the dawn of time, when I, w- I started playing, uh, there weren't any gem dragons. There was just your basic dragons. Yeah, the chromatics. The chromatics, and that was it. And even back then, I had already created a rust dragon, a bone dragon, uh, gem dragons. I already created all these things for my own because I wanted something different. I didn't want something the guys didn't see in the book. So I already created these things that uh, I have my paper around here somewhere, but it's nice to see them in a book and balanced out very well. Uh, but that's it. It's the only thing I, it, and it's, it's more personal because Bill has a distaste for psionics. Right. Right. But I think they did a much better job of balancing those abilities with these particular creatures. And I, hopefully from there they'll say, okay, uh, you got it right now. Scale it back. Cause it, you know, it, it, it's too easy to unbalance with this. Well, with this book, we already see that they're trying to yeah. correct some of their mistakes. Like I said, with the Dragonborn. Yes. The Dragonborn in the player's handbook are flavorless. Yeah, vanilla. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. flavorless. Now you got three flavors to play with. Yeah. So I think they are trying to correct their mistakes. So uh, overall, I like the book. Yeah. I, I, I actually like it a lot. I like the book a lot. 
I like the book. I wouldn't say a lot. I like, I like the book. It for me, it all depends on the scenario. Like I said, if I was a player, I'd be like, that. Eh, it's I really I I spent too much for the book. As a DM, I'm like, okay, this is good. Now for our world that we play in, well, we haven't even gone there. Well, right? that, yeah, that's it, a different story, and, and it is. But our world is dragon based. All the gods yeah. are dragons. This is an excellent source to build, maybe not use in our world, because but we can strip things from this book. Yep, absolutely. And put them into our oh, yeah. game. And there's so many things in this book. I'm reading going, we already did that. We already did yeah. that. We already did that. We, we already we did, did that. You know, <laughs> and it's like, well, I, I, it, it, it may not definitely be a unique thing, but they, we weren't the first one to publish it, so exactly. we don't get the credit. Well, we'll take any royalties you're willing to give us, though. But, but you know. I will give Jeremy Crawford one, you know, one benefit with the book, and I did like what he said. With this book, he's trying to make it inclusive for every race, every class to, to have something from this book. True. Um, it's not it's not just for Dragonborn. Excuse me. It's not, uh, you don't have to slay a dragon to get right. some of these. A dragon could be giving you the, some of these gifts or powers, or he could have did it you know, to generations past, and it's just coming now to you. Yes. There's a, a whole bunch of different you know, ways that you can work this in for your character, but just don't say... I have these because I'm making a character. It doesn't work. You need to give yourself a little bit of background when you do that. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think it shows the evolutionary path that Dungeons & Dragons is on. Yes. Um, I We we got a taste of that with uh, The Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Yep. Mm-hmm. With the, um, the, the, the adventure path where you don't have to, you don't have to have a combat-driven adventure. Right. So there's all these, the, the, and that's one of the things that, popped up when I was looking through this book was it seems that, okay, you, you can go the direction of um, good old fashioned hack and slash fun, which who doesn't like that? But then you, you can take a more passive role-playing approach and you can still get some of, some of the boons, if you will, from, from not having a combat driven adventure or. Exactly. Um, Because anything you do that's other than, just hack and slash will only enrich your game. Yeah. It enrich your oh, yeah. play style. It enrich your, your table because, you, you know, if you're throwing some thematics into it, I'm going to hope that your table starts to follow. Yeah. I there, Gosh, there's nothing worse than throwing role play opportunities out and having, um, having, your, uh, having one of your players jump up on the dinner table and shoot someone in the face. That's awesome. You know, and before dessert, too. Well, we don't have to talk about that now, do we? Um, but it's it's uh, in in the debate rages, right? What's the right way to play D&D? Some, some people just don't like the passive kind of stuff that was in um, The Wild Beyond the Witchlight. There's always going to be someone who's not going to care for it. But I think a, a good campaign is just my opinion. But a good campaign is one that has elements of adventure, uh, role playing, uh, tense moments of combat, problem solving, problem solving, tense, moving, tense yeah. moments of solving problems, yeah. and in a lot of gray areas. Yes, and a little, um, bit, a little bit of comedy. Yeah, yeah. What what makes what makes a good movie? All those things, you know. That's yes. not just dark moments. I'm gonna kill him. Yeah, but uh, lighthearted moments mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, the Avengers uh, having lunch in New York City after yeah. after shawarma. Yeah, yep. yeah. After after defending the world from have you ever alien had shawarma. I've never had shawarma. I don't know what it is, but we got to go have some. And not letting the Hulk in the elevator. Yes. Yeah, stuff like that. 
Um, but it works, you know, it breaks up those moments of moments of tension. Um, and there's murderous rampages while fun in the game are not the only solution to, to problems to the game, to the game. No, yeah, you, yeah, they say we we talk thematics a lot. We talk role playing a lot. You want to draw your people in and try to draw something out of them. Yeah, and and you, it's real easy to tell if your table has the aptitude for it. You can do the game, the role playing test. Just start a really common uh, accent. Start talking like an Irishman, and if your whole table in the next ten minutes is now talking like Irish people. You know you have a bunch of role players that are open to the the thematic mind and whatnot. I just go up there and start talking like Arnold. <laughs> That's it. You just all right. Quick to the carriage. You know, <laughs> come with me if you want to live. I'll I'll be a barbarian. <laughs> yeah, just do that, and w- I guarantee within five ten minutes your entire table is now talking like this. If that that's your test. If they all are, then you know you can get away with this whole role playing thing. They they are open to open mind and role playing and the theater of the mind, and try to draw it out of them. And that's that's your best bet. Well, the other benefit too is for a new DM, you're trying to figure out like what's the right way to play the game. Yeah. So while this doesn't say this is the right way to play the game, this gives you options. So it's like, oh, I don't have to have an adventure full of combat. Yeah, try um, it. Yeah, because all dragons are not going to attack you on sight. Right. Well, most of them use insignificant bugs anyways. A- anyways. And it even tells you in the books. I mean, a lot of these dragons, are, are especially when the older ones, I've been around for 3,500 years. And um, tomorrow, when I decide what to have for breakfast, I might eat your great-grandchildren. Yep. Because for you, three generations have gone by, and for me, it's the next day. So final thoughts on the book, Scott? I I like it. You know, I'm not thrilled with it, but I do like it. I think there's a lot of Im- great information. For me especially, because it fits with our homebrew world very nicely, it's, it just slides into that, that spot perfectly, like a glove. For a new DM, I think it's a really good book. I do too. How and about you, Bill? I'm going to sleep it with under my pillow tonight. Wow, that's I think quite, I, I think quite I, an I, endorsement. I, I yes. think I like it that much. I really do, because I've always been enamored with dragons, just like everyone else. Yeah. But, I mean, so much so that I've actually uh, entered art contests drawing dragons. Right. I've actually won art contests, and I suck as a drawer. But when I get inspired, I get inspired. So I've always had this certain affinity for dragons. And just seeing the ecology of the dragons in this book just thrilled me to death. Um, and I said, and the fact that they didn't use psionics as a crutch and for once have done it right. So for that, I, I think it's well worth it. Lou? Well, for me, if you are not into dragons or not planning on playing a dragonborn race, I would say pass on the book. If you're a player that, like Bill said, because when he touched on that point of wanting to learn more about dragons, then yes, go get it. If you're a DM, I think it's a must. And if your homebrew world deals with a lot of dragons like ours, then you definitely need to pick up this book. And that's our look at Fizzband's Treasury of Dragons. We'll see you next time in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.